Welcome, oh shit, that's the wrong one. There we go. Welcome everyone to Respawn, Aim, Fire, the Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast brought to you by Idiotas Tapabales. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michael, dead body on the side of the road, Ennis. (laughs) (laughs) We have with us our other co-host, Adam. Is it candy or is it... Uh, what's that? The drug that's going around that looks like candy. Fentanyl. Fentanyl. Oh, fentanyl? Yeah, Yeah, fentanyl. Why would you give kids an expensive drug as like a goof? Gumbert. That's right. There was an episode of, there was an episode of uh, John Oliver last week where they're like, local news is, is making mountains out of molehills and is putting people in hysteria when they shouldn't be. And they're like, they show all the local news stations reporting, this might make your kids... On Halloween, take fentanyl and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and it looks like candy and it's marketed to kids. And then at the very end of it, it's like, there have been no documented cases of this happening. And uh, experts believe that it's actually used to denote different variants of the drug and is not actually made to market to kids. We made this all up, but we got to make news, baby. Gumbert. And yeah, then me. we have, <laughs> that was all of that was your middle name. And we have with us our RAF regular, Alex is that a knife wound or is that a, a third eye slit? Oh, Cozina! <laughs> oh, okay, that was not going where I was expecting it to. Chad, let me tell you a story real quick. Okay, I would hold um, on. I need a Mountain Dew for this story. Oh, here we go. A Mountain hold Dew on, Voodoo 2022 oh, mystery I, I was hoping that I was hoping that you'd be able to make a very audible sound oh it mic, did but, but discord just blocked oh. it but my yeah, yeah. the the, the listeners at home will get it stupid yeah. um so my parents own a cottage in the eastern townships of quebec it's prove located it. actually near a little town called fredlisburg i don't need to prove it chad you just have to believe me on <laughs> it and it's your own fault for not doing so <laughs> no i'm not gonna do that i don't want to dox myself um they own this cottage and in another Discord server that I've been part of for a very long time, uh, it's been this really long, ongoing joke about how my cottage is haunted and all sorts of bad, evilish stuff goes on over there. And whenever it comes to Halloween time, you know how everyone will always change their usernames on Twitter or whatnot, like Gary Wooda will become Scary Wooda or, or so right. on and so forth. My Discord username that I changed to on this Discord server is the cabin in Cozy Bear's Woods. Oh, a little bit wordy, a little bit wordy, but if you want to introduce me in a spooktacular fashion in the future, try to incorporate my murder cabin into it somehow. Try okay. and be like, you know, he's the only person that knows just what goes on in the murder cabin. Alexander Cozybear Cozina. Here's the thing. This is our last live episode that we're going to have before That's Halloween. That's right. Oh. So I'm going to make it a point that I only do it during Christmas yeah. times. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm going to mention your murder cabin only during the only during the holidays. Jesus. Yes. Talk about Santa's sleigh. Oh, speaking of Santa Slay, have you all seen the trailer for that Hopper movie where Santa slays? You mean David Harbour? Yeah, David Har- David Harbour <laughs> Hopper. <laughs> uh, Dennis Hopper movie? Yeah, no, I'm very excited for that. Not Dennis oh, Hopper. Santa... He plays the Sheriff Hopper on Stranger Things. Oh, you're right. I don't watch Stranger Things, but yes, you're correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, you I'm excited. You don't watch that Stranger Things? Really no, I'm in, I'm in the middle of season one. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I know what happens. I... <laughs> I have something to confess, Chad. I watched like the first five minutes of episode one of that show, and I was like, I'm good. 
See, I didn't take it that far. I just, um, I don't turn on Netflix for three years at a time. That's why I haven't watched Stranger Things, because I just don't turn on Netflix. I'm not a crazy person like Alex, who thinks that Zelda 2 is better than Castlevania. <laughs> That's right. I do believe I am, that. I'm speechless. I'm See, speechless. y'all are learning. Y'all are learning things about me. Bad opinions. Everyone's got them. <laughs> Speaking of bad opinions, Silent Hill's Uh coming up later in this episode. We've also got information about Bayonetta 3, God of Wars information, and we're going to start today with our main quest. Talking about Resident Evil shows us the scary. This comes from Jordan Rami Rami at GameSpot. I think. It's a new name. New name. Yeah, new name. Good for you, Jordan. Get it. Uh, Capcom has streamed its latest Resident Evil showcase on October 20th. That was a few days ago if you're listening to this right now. That was a handful of days ago if you're listening to this on demand when it drops on Tuesday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on podcast services and YouTube. Uh, It is more than that if you listen after those dates. Uh, This detailed several announcements for several upcoming games and expansions. Here's the rundown, and then we'll talk about it. There is a third-person camera mode coming to Resident Evil Village alongside the game's upcoming DLC. We knew that. We got a good in-depth look at it this time, though. And it also features a brand new story as well as new mercenaries. The DLC is uh, scheduled to launch on October 28th, later this week, which is exciting. We also got new gameplay for Resident Evil 4, and it showcases uh, protagonist Leon entering the Ganados Village, focusing on his first major encounter with the infected villagers. This is basically the opening scene of Resident Evil 4. It focuses on Leon's first big encounter with the infected Ganados villagers, which see him having to constantly shoot and run to stay one step ahead of being killed. In the trailer, you can see Leon quickly boarding up doors to buy himself time and jumping across rooftops to escape his pursuers. And in this trailer, there are a couple of new mechanics that we get to see that are new to the game with the remake. You get to see uh, some features and mechanics coming to the remake. There's a dedicated button for trying to stealth your way through the environment. And you can now parry attacks. So you can deflect them. You can use your pistol to parry a chainsaw to keep him from cutting your head open. Uh, The merchant, what are you buying? What are you selling? What are you trading? He now trades items with you. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 Remake is scheduled to launch on March 24th, 2023. Let's start with the Village stuff. How did that... uh, First of all, I don't know if I've talked to y'all about Village. Adam, you don't play spooky things. Alex, I can't remember. Have you played Village? Are you a Villageite? I have never even touched a Resident Evil game before. This isn't even one of those instances where like... I, I like played a Resident Evil game at my friend's house one time or like I played a demo kiosk disc unless I am like absolutely not remembering something that happened. Never touch a series ever. Whoa. Wow. Actually, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's coming back to me now. It's coming back to me now. Just like Celine Dion. I want to say that I played the demo on the 3DS for Resident Evil Revelations? Whatever the Nintendo DS exclusive Resident Evil game was. Okay. That is the only piece of Resident Evil content I've played. Okay. Adam, I remember you you've know. talked about Hands before and, and Ethan Winters. Yeah, you, Ethan have Winters you played hands. a little bit or are you just in on the joke? Uh, I've watched a Village. I haven't played Village myself. Okay, I've okay, played a couple okay. Resident Evil games, but... Uh, 
this stuff looks cool. Again, we've known about it. Um, that'll be fun to get that DLC, and that'll end up that whole story. I uh, probably won't play it, but I do enjoy watching it. I'm one of the, I became one of those people where I was like, when I was an old man, you know, a year ago, and I was like, who watches video games on the internet? Other people playing video games. And I watched <laughs> my friend play Resident Evil Village, so uh, I am I'm aware of it. I used to be one of those, those people too. I used to be one of those like, why would you watch someone play a video game? And then I realized as a kid, my whole life, I just watched my brother play video games. <laughs> That's all. We but you couldn't give him bits or whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. I could just, you know, give him noogies. And that's a lie. He would always torture me because he was four years older. Um, but yes, I'm excited for this. I'm not going to play it though. Here's why. We've got mm. the Ethan Winters third person mode. I really liked this game. Had a good time with it. Third person looks cool. It you know it's really popular now that two three remake and all that kind of stuff is is bringing that third person mode back into Resident Evil after it's been first person for seven and eight. Um, but if I'm going to play this game again, it for me will be in VR when it comes to PlayStation VR two. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I'm not going to play it in third person and then also in extreme first person. So I'm only going to play it one more time. It's going to be in, in VR. But what I am interested in playing before the end of the year probably is the Rose DLC. Mm -hmm. As you all know, at the beginning of the game, Rose is in several pieces. Yep. <laughs> and now oh, you're dear. playing as a teenage girl named Rose, who is the daughter of Ethan Winters. Um, so uh, the trailer alone spoils the fact that she's alive as a teenager. So spoilers for the end of the game, like she's alive as a teenager at the end of the game. And this looks like it picks up right where that little like post credit scene maybe mm -hmm. uh, leaves off, which is really exciting. And it looks like we might be going through some familiar areas and she's using like, I don't know, some kind of light magic power through her hands, like Tony Stark style um, to like stun these people and then shoot them still. So looks like familiar Resident Evil gameplay with uh, a twist that you're playing as Magical Rose. Sounds cool. And there was still some like familiar spooky sites, like all of those really grotesque, awful things you remember from Resident Evil Village. Looks like they're back again. Now you get to face them as a teenage girl. Um, and then for Resident Evil 4, I fucking, you know, I love that game. I love that game. I'm very excited to return to it um, in an updated way with the RE engine and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, when we played it for Barf last year, we were just very... Uh, we were we were like this is this is a good game, but it is so old mechanically, and so it, it's needing an update. So I'm very glad this is happening. I might check this out because I never. I said I played a little bit of it, like on a friend's GameCube or some shit. Uh, so a remake, maybe I'm actually going to jump into that. That sounds fun. I like the idea of that. We'll see. All right. Whatever. I mean, I just said I would maybe play it. I don't know yeah. why you're getting okay. guff. <laughs> Whatever. All right. I don't care. <laughs> we also finally got a uh, a release of next week for Resident Evil Reverse, which is the multiplayer game that I'm sure is going to be awful. That everyone who buys Village gets Reverse. Um. So the, the the multiplayer game that if you had told me it had already come out months ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, of course. Oh well, yeah, it's because they announced it came out months ago before the launch of Village a year and a half ago. They said everyone who buys this game is going to get Reverse when it comes out soon. <laughs> and now we're getting it a year and a half later. And when they did the same thing, they pulled a multiplayer game that you get with uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. They're like, you get a free multiplayer game with it after launch. And then that game was awful. So They're all bad. I, I have all, no all Resident Evil. Remember, uh, not Raccoon City. Well, Raccoon City was also bad. But there was another one 
that was very bad. Maybe that was the seven one that I'm thinking of, where it was like a third person and it was awful and like 10 people played it. Yeah. And that was the one where it's like, there's, you have a, t it's a team of like four people and you're trying to work your way through a couple of different rooms and unlocking shit, but it was still the terrible control, like tank controls of Resident Evil 2. Or maybe it was with Resident Evil 3 that, that that's what it was. It was Resident Evil 3's three multiplayer mode. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Seven didn't have one. The Resident Evil series reminds me a lot of the Metroid series in that they keep trying to make the definitive multiplayer Resident Evil game in the same way that they have tried so many times to make like a multiplayer Metroid game. And they never, some are definitely better than others, but they're never quite able to make it work, it seems. Yep. But they keep taking risks and they keep trying. All right. Well, that's it. We got Resident Evil news. Fun. Awesome. We're going to talk about more spooky things in a little bit. But first, we're going to go to playtime. We're talking about what we played this week. And let's go from least to most. So starting with Adam. What did you play? By the way, I was looking up Umbrella Corpse is the game that I'm thinking about. Which mm. came out in 2016. Uh. Which is, I think, like one of the worst reviewed games of all time. <laughs> It's pretty bad. Really? Uh, yeah, I think it was like all threes. And let's see. It's it's Metacritic is a 38. Oh, 38. Uh, you know, if you double that, it's 69. <laughs> <laughs> it's close. <laughs> uh, all right. So as far as playtime, so I did two things this week. Besides, I started, funny you mentioned Iron Man. Today I watched Iron Man 3 because I was in the nice. mood for some Shane Black goodness. Yeah. And then I watched a little bit of Winter Soldier. Um uh. Because I felt like it, I guess, whatever. But what I've also done, I'm gonna start with the second one Plato Requiem. That game oh, about shit. rats. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That came out on, I believe it was Friday. It's on Game Pass. I'm like, let me check out the, the Barat game. Uh, and I've only played a little bit of it. I'm basically just past the tutorial area. But that game is extremely pretty. That is a next gen ass game made by a double A studio. And it's like, yo, they spend a lot of time making this game look awesome. Uh, and it's That's very, great to hear. Is it? I forget. Is it dour? next gen exclusive? I believe so. Sweet. You can Google that if you would like, but I believe it is only on. I think I will. Series X, PC, and PS5, which is you can tell if that's true. Um, so I want to get more into that. I watched a recap of the first game because I never finished it, and that game ends in uh, Wild Place. I already knew that. Uh, the first I, one. You, you don't have to go like super deep into spoilers, but something that I've always wondered about these games that I don't feel like I've ever gotten a definitive answer about is, are these games supernatural? Perhaps. Okay. 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 It depends on I'll how sentient that. you think rats are in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the game says there's a blood curse that lets you control rats. If you think that's supernatural, then that's, you know, that's your decision, I suppose. I mean, there are, there are hmm. more supernatural things in the Bible than there are in, <laughs> in this game. And if you take the Bible as fact, then this is fact. That, that is the basic game is that you're in Europe <clears throat> during the, the, pl the bubonic plague. The crusades and, yeah, and shit too, right? Yeah. Your little brother has the blood magic that you can control rats. And that's basically where the story picks up. Um, I mean, yeah, it's I, very good. I, very pretty. I, I kind of like that. I like the idea of like a story that is like 90% realistic with like a little bit of light supernatural elements sprinkles very indiana jones where it's like yeah, yeah. he's just an archaeologist but it always ends in some bible shit yeah. <laughs> always <laughs> but uh aliens. yeah i would definitely say crystal's kingdom or crystal skull aliens bible yeah interdimensional beings uh yes. but yeah no play to a requiem 
Everyone check it out. I'm very early on. It's very pretty, very cool. And the second thing I played, which was what everyone's playing, is what's on Chad's list as well. Yeah. Fucking Marvel Snap. Yeah, what? Marvel Snap, baby. What a why is this game so fucking good? <laughs> That's my question. I have gone Marvel. I have oh, gone full circle on this game. <laughs> I yeah. started saying, what the hell is this? I even texted the the group chat of uh, you know the friends from the raft pack. And I even texted, I was like, has anyone played this stupid Marvel Snap game that's getting shoved down my throat on Twitter? Because that's all I see is ads for Marvel Snap and everyone playing Marvel Snap. And it's like, is it worth it? I want to know if I should let the ads win. I started this game last night. I played it for three hours last night. And then I played it for another hour and a half today. And now I'm done with Jesus. it. Jesus. I've come full circle. I was, I was immediately hooked. And now I'm disenchanted and disillusioned with it. So. You played a lot. So the great thing about this game, because I only do two or three matches at a time, it is three-minute games, basically. Um, six turns, and you play your cards, and there's three lanes. It's a very simple card game, very easy to pick up. No ma- microtransactions besides cosmetics. And it's like, if the only microtransaction you're going to give me is pay money for art, that cool artist did. I'm not mad about that. Uh, this game's fucking wonderful, Chad. This game is amazing. You played a lot of it. I haven't played as much yeah. as you in one day. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm having a great time, you know, building up my cards, making them 3D, making the cards holographic and animated and shit. I'm loving it. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's free to play. Everyone play Marvel Snap. It is best game that came out this week. Yeah, hmm. it's excellent. the The gameplay, mecha- like the the actual card battling part of it, is really fun and kind of easy to get. It reminds me a lot of. Like the, if you've played Inscription, the energy mechanic is very similar to a, I, uh, an Inscription thing. Mm, I see Alex that played that. Yep. Yeah. Um, but there are three lanes on the board and you have to attach your cards to a certain lane and there are different effects that happen on these things that can randomize and completely turn a match around in, in, a, in the blink of an eye, which is fun. But the games are short too. It's not like a Magic the Gathering thing that can last, you know, a, a, quite a long time for a single match. And, you know, relatively. These are like a couple minutes each um but i do what i I, after playing several hours in a very 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 short time (laughs) i've beat the entire first season pass all 20 levels i got to the point now where you can pay ten dollars to unlock a c a 50 season pass based on you know miles morales and uh carnage and all that kind of shit um and where there starts being a paywall for stuff but i'm into the idea of the cosmetics for the cards being the the gold that you pay for one of the currencies i'm into the idea of like the constant progression that you feel as you go through like you complete a match and Mm. whether you win or lose you earn energy to upgrade a card and upgrading a card unlocks other cards and then uh, these other cards then get upgraded and it's like this there's constantly another reason to play another match which is why i did three hours straight while sitting in bed the other night um but I I have now reached the point where I've upgraded my cards enough that like a single match doesn't get a card upgraded. And it seems to be random mm-hmm. too, which card gets upgraded at the end of which a match. One gets it? Yeah. So it's like now I ha- I will go several matches without being able to upgrade a card, which means I don't get anything new for a while. And then as I progress a season pass now, I'm just getting more currencies to like, again, unlock upgrades or unlock things. But the, my biggest problem is that there's no friends list in this right now. And I, I, I apparently yeah. it's coming in the future, but there's no friends list. I can't battle my friends. I am. I can't tell if I'm battling a real person or a bot most of the time. All of the names that I've come across right now are all like Miguel, Adam, 
and I and I have my you know Chad Mike and his username in there. So like anytime someone sees me, they're like, oh, that's a person. That's a real guy. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's no way that I can say, oh, Adam, I want to play you. Let's let's battle right now. So right now, all of these cosmetics that I'm unlocking and all of these cards that I'm unlocking, it's all for no one. Like I can't show it off to anyone. I'm building this cool deck and no one gets to see it but me. Um, and so yeah, I've reached that point now where progression is slowing. I can pay for things if I want to. I can pay the $10 season pass for something that's now 50 levels to grind out versus the 20 of the original. And it's like, nah. if I had, if I was able to battle friends right off the bat, I would have stuck with it. But now I'm like, I'm done with it for now. And by the time friends are back, I'm not going to be interested in it anymore. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a flash in the pan and I loved every second of it while I played it, but now I'm out. And I'm staying in because I'm not, a I, mean, I, yeah. three. I'm, <laughs> I feel four. like I got to ask, like, how do you feel like the game compares overall to your shared love of inscription? It scratched that inscription card battling itch for me, for sure. And then Matt mentioned today, like, maybe we should play Magic the Gathering Arena. And I was like, fuck, that, that's what I really want. That's what I want. Build out that deck, unlock good. booster packs, see all sorts of cards, get random shit, fight people I like and know. I gotta tell you, though, I played... I don't know how many matches I played. I've at least 40, 50 matches of this thing, maybe more. Ooh. I only lost two. I only yeah. lost two. Good. Either mm. I'm good at this game or it's got that TikTok algorithm where your first video is like almost guaranteed to get a million views. And then mm-hmm. after that, it tapers off just to like get you hooked. First taste mm. is free and then you got to pay for the crack. That's what it's like. So like either they're really good at matching me up with people who are like, Ooh, yeah, you're going to beat this guy, but it's going to feel like you just edged it out. But I could definitely tell 100, like, most of the time I was playing bots. They were making stupid decisions like, hey, if you put someone here, then their ability will trigger twice. And they'll, like, put it on some random thing over here where it'll do almost nothing. It was like, why would a human being would not make that choice? This is obviously a computer. So that's when, I, when yeah. my sister, last, th- last thing I'll talk about this, and then we'll move on to whatever the next game is. <laughs> my sister <laughs> had the same thing in Jurassic World... It was like a Jurassic World like Pokemon collectible fight 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 pit <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> Jurassic World and you could fight like pit. battle your dinosaurs and like become the best and all that kind of shit you could collect dinosaurs and she spent literally hundreds of dollars on this game so that she could become the number one and then she found out that really like, the entire Hold top on. ten list that she was with they were all bots like she you was paying guys... all this money to be better than bots. You guys are never going to believe what the Jurassic World Pokemon Go ripoff game was called. Jurassic World Fight Pit. <laughs> it, it's, hold on. It's Jurassic World blank. The blank starts with an A. Three guesses. Essential. It's two. One more. I played it and I can't Aped remember it. what it's called. <laughs> no, it's Jurassic World Alive. Alive. Uh, yep, that's, that's it. What it was. That's it. I did play that game. I played both of those games. Well, you guys why? Were talking about, Hmm? Why is it called alive? Like I would get that if this was like because a, the, a dinosaurs game. the dinosaurs are alive in your world, outside they're alive. Yeah, I, life I finds a way. <laughs> wouldn't, but wouldn't like resurrection be like a better name because they've been like brought back to life? That, no, that sounds like we're either getting biblical or we're getting zomblical, and those <laughs> so neither of those describes Jurassic Park. Ugh. <sighs> uh. Um, let's talk more card battler. Alex, tell us about Inscription. 
Hell yeah, I managed to finally beat Inscription. I was getting real concerned that the game was going to be way longer than I was anticipating it to be, uh, but I finally managed to get through the third act of that game, uh, completed it over the lead-up to the weekend, and man, what a great-ass game. I'm not sure just yet whether it or not it's my game of the year 2022 uh, but it's definitely one of my favorite games thus far of the year um can we go real quick into spoilers i know that we have the respawning fire official spoiler cast he did with jerkachu but i want to talk spoilers real quick if that's okay yes spoilers right now if you have not played the game stop it and skip ahead Brent, however many minutes that alex thinks this is going to take I'll hold yeah. on a sec. I have this, uh, what is it? A, a 20% off uh, in-store credit for Lakma, <laughs> which is a uh, chain that Careful, sells these like, puff pastry Someone's things. Someone's going to use it. <laughs> they're going to take your Lakma discount. Uh, no, yeah. there, there's no, there's no code. You just have to bring this paper in person. The moment when okay. I put this down, all the spoilers are no longer in play. Okay. So when you get to the second act of that game, things radically change up all of a sudden the entire game is in 2d uh and basically you're assigned with overtaking one of the four scribes the four scribes mm -hmm. being uh po3 the robot uh the guy i forget what his name is who was like handling like the cabin in the wood style leshy. game leshy um the wizard and uh the woman who's like the lord of the dead um when you get to that part, you're told, all right, you have to choose between one of these four different people, uh, and then you will eventually battle them and vie for dominance over inscription. I chose PO3 right off the bat, because I'm like, I kind of like this robot guy. I want to see where this goes. Uh, and eventually that culminates in you uh, throwing down with PO3, and then the game changes to become 3D once again, and then you're forced to go through this sort of like 3D-ish world, and there's all sorts of new kind of escape room mechanics, a la what was happening happening in the first act of the game beat that got to the end of the game thought the end of the game was very emotional and i experienced the kind of brief segments in which you have to uh compete with the other scribes that you didn't previously compete with during the third act of the game uh in a 3d environment and my assumption was oh, okay depending on what choices i had made earlier on the third act of the game would have been entirely this with them and it was a little bit disappointing uh, to go online and see what I had missed in Inscription after I beat it and discover that, oh, actually, no matter what choices you make in the second act of the game, the third act is always going to be PO3's game. It was a little bit disappointing, but even knowing that the game could only go in that route, I still had quite a bit of fun with it. Um, and I will say right now I've been playing a lot of Casey's mod, which is the uh, kind of not endless mode, that. but basically challenge mode that unlocks after you fully complete the game for the first time. And not only am I having a lot of fun really getting deep into the dirt, kind of wrapping my head around the game's more kind of complicated and nuanced mechanics to beat the challenge mode over and over. But I also appreciate that there's like way more like story content and like little kind of like bits of lore sprinkled in here and there in that mode for people like me who like want to kind of fully understand just what the hell is going on in that game. So yeah, overall, very, very cool. Again, not sure if it's my game of the year 2022, uh, but I'll definitely cherish it quite a bit for quite some time to come. All right, spoilers. Spoilers off. done. 
by the way, if you were an audio listener, uh, we had no, <laughs> we unfortunately didn't have anything equivalent to help you out. So we're sorry. <laughs> Which is 94% of our audience. It's all right. We warned him. All right, what else did you play? You got in here Overwatch 2. We got Sparks of Hope. Yeah, so Overwatch 2, real simple. A couple of friends were like, hey, we kind of want to play Overwatch 2. And I was like, you know, I wasn't necessarily super planning on playing Overwatch 2, especially after everything that happened with, you know, Blizzard and Activision over the course of the past couple of years. And what with Overwatch 2 not having a great launch. And they were like, oh, by the way, don't forget, it's free. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. All right, I'll give it a shot. And I will say, a couple podcasts ago that I did with you guys, I said, you know, I feel like I might actually be able to really get into Overwatch 2 considering how much I love Apex Legends and how much I know people like to compare Apex Legends to Overwatch, how they're both these hero shooters where each character that you play as in the game functions and works, you know, very distinctly differently from each other. Was not expecting moving around in Overwatch to feel as stiff as it does, again, especially compared to something like an Apex Legends. And I, I know that some people who have been playing Overwatch for like years and years now are probably sitting here listening to me say that and are probably like, so? Like, that's just the way it is. Like, it's your fault for you know, finding it <laughs> uh, that way. But like, again, after going in with the expectation of this is going to be kind of akin to Apex Legends, if Apex is like a real human being moving around in real life, Overwatch to me almost feels like a like Lego minifigure moving around via like stop motion animation, if that makes any sense. It's not, it, it didn't quite get its hooks into me as much as I wanted it to, but I only played a short little bit of it and you know, come what may, I may actually dabble in it a little bit more in the future. Um, and yeah, the last game that I played, uh, I only played a very brief amount of it, uh, was none other than Mario plus Rabid's, uh, I was about to say kingdom battle. That's the original <laughs> sparks of hope. Wahoo. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, because I woke up real late today and went and purchased the game immediately after I was concerned that I was only going to have, maybe two, three hours of gaming to talk about on this podcast from it. Um, I only got to play one hour of it, but even in that one hour, there is so much to talk about. First things first, everybody in the game talks now. Um, Beepo, who was your kind of like robotic Roomba dude from the first game, is now fully voice acted. And all the Rabid characters, while not fully voice acted, have like complete sentences and lines of dialogue and whatnot. That's actually is... my, my one thing that's like off putting, but I love the game so far. I've also played about an hour of it, but the one thing that's yeah. weird to me is that like, yeah, the, the AI characters talk completely. Like everything is voiced. The rabbits are like, they have, they'll say either like the first sentence of their dialogue or they'll say something yeah. over, like the, uh, a general grunt or a couple of words around it. Oh, and then the Mario characters say nothing. Yeah. They just go, huh. Well, or, oh, no, that's ah. not true. Mario, no? you know, as usual, says nothing. Luigi and Peach, they both speak. I'm going to win. <laughs> I've only I've only gotten so far to a point where Peach says, like, 
in the very like opening section of the game when you're at Peach's castle, you can go and speak to Luigi there, and he has like a little bit of dialogue. I guess oh, once okay. you get okay. once you get into the swing of things, there aren't as many moments like that uh, there on out. Um, but yeah, that's it, it's interesting to say the least. It is certainly a decision. Um, I will say. I don't love how this game looks and how this game runs and playing through it. I'm like, well, you know, it has been quite a few years since Mario plus Rabbids kingdom battle that came out all the way, like back in 2017, shortly after the launch of the switch at a point in time where, you know, the switch was still pretty comparable to the kinds of games that were coming out on the PS4 and Xbox one back in the day. Maybe it's just that like, video games on the PS5 and Xbox Series X have advanced so much more that, you know, now a premier Switch game like Sparks of Hope just doesn't look very good anymore. And I actually went down a little bit of a rabbit hole or a rabid hole, as it Whoa. were. And apparently, like, they actually had to kind of, like, switch engines over for this game and, like, make a bunch of changes to it. Um, to accommodate for the fact that you have way more control over your camera this time around. And the game actually does like not look as good as the original Kingdom Battle. Uh, and on hmm. top of that, like frame rate wise, the game is supposed to run at like a stable 30 frames per second at all points. But I found it dropping a lot while I was walking around, which was not great because the game itself hmm. is like not quite as quick as like ye old average Mario game. You you move quite a bit slower through the world and battles themselves can feel, you know, a little bit on the slower side. It is like a turn-based, uh, you know, strategy game. Uh, so I, I actually found myself like quite a bit turned off during the kind of hour or so that I spent with it. I don't know, Chad, if you... You kind of found yourself similarly perturbed by these things, or I had no, really I no, I I thought it looked fine. I didn't notice any like noticeable difference between it and Kingdom Battle. But again, it's been several years since I played Kingdom mm -hmm. Battle, and I haven't noticed any performance dips at all. But I'm curious. I played mine on the TV where it was in the dock. I'm curious. Did you play yours handheld? And maybe that's I, why we're having performance issues. I tried both TV and handheld, and I found. Like, I didn't find that one was necessarily, like, better or worse than the other, to be honest. Which is actually a little bit, you know, it's funny. There actually are quite a few Switch games that I can point to where I actually think that the handheld version is actually the better route to go. Because scrunched down on the Switch's smaller screen, things yeah. don't look as bad being in, like, 90p, for example. Uh, sorry, 900p. <laughs> Not 90p, <laughs> that would be too small. Um uh, but yeah, one thing I will say to, to end this on a little bit more of a positive note, one thing that I do appreciate about Mario plus Ravids is you can tell that the people that made this game are a little bit more younger and unorthodox than the kind of people that typically make Mario games, because there are like a lot of references to more obscure bits within the Mario universe, just a kind of reverence for the overall kind of lore uh, and world building of the Mario universe that I feel like the mainline Mario games don't really get into. Within the like kind of opening moments of this game, and this is a, a very slight spoiler, but if you don't want to be spoiled on this game, like it's not that big of a deal. They make reference to Rosalina because there are these new characters called the Sparks that are like 50% rabid, 50% uh, Luma. And they're like, oh man, like what's Rosalina doing? She should have, you know, uh, done her job in protecting these sparks. Uh, and it's like, wow, like you straight up reference Rosalina and her kind of overall purpose within the Mario universe within the first 10 minutes of this game. And 
you didn't even necessarily kind of show her on screen. This is just a kind of lore development. Like that is uh, very unusual and very cool, especially considering that like, you know, just recently, as I've talked about before on the podcast, I played through Super Mario Odyssey for the first time, really enjoyed it. But there is a whole subplot in that game where you go to New Donk City and you have to uh, rescue New Donk City from Bowser's minions and help out Pauline. And at no point during that entire segment do they establish, oh, yeah, Mario and Pauline, you know, used to, you know, them be smooching. Uh, but here in <laughs> Mario plus Rabid Sparks of Hope... <laughs> I was not aware of this. I was thing is, is as I was uh, approaching saying that I was like, do I want to say that they were married? No, they weren't married. Do I want to say that they were significant others? They, they don't really. They, I, do they ever really establish what the relationship is between Mario and Pauline in the Are first Donkey Kong? It's. I mean, they really only go into it on DeviantArt.com. That's yeah. where they really establish right. the lore between the two. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. So, anyways, I'll have to say. There is certainly there are certainly sparks of hope to uh, enjoy and appreciate in Mario plus Ravid sparks of hope, at least for me personally. But I don't know actually how long I'm going to stick with this one, but I will definitely give it another shot. I will definitely give it another shot. I've been enjoying it so far. And again, I've only played like a first the first hour. But uh, I love that you have everyone unlocked. Everyone seems to have like their own cool weapons and, and super abilities already. I like the animations whenever you trigger a super ability and it goes to, like the short cutscene of them like pulling back their bow or getting their punch guns ready and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think my favorite thing so far has been the the rabbits just like random. You know, you know, the best part of Nathan Drake's character is when you're just running around and he's saying stupid shit as he's climbing a wall or he's mm. you know, swinging on a rope. Yeah. And I think that's my favorite part of this game too. When like Rabbit Peach is always on her phone and she doesn't care oh, about anything. And she's just like on her move, she'll like go and kick somebody and then she'll scream, Does anybody have a charger? <laughs> <laughs> or I've been like the most nonsensical quotes of all time. Yeah. And I love I've been using Rabbit Mario a lot for these first few levels. And he, he just has, now that he's like voice acted, he just has this like really stereotypical Brooklyn Italian accent. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember anything that he says except for this one line where I found a treasure chest and it gave us a whole bunch of coins. And he goes, oh no, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing that come out of Rabbit Mario is just so good. So I think that kind of stuff is going to continue to make me smile as I go through this game. And again, I loved the first one a ton. Uh, and I've got a, a bunch of plane flights and trips coming up in the next two weeks. So I'm going to play it a lot. Uh, we've already talked about Marvel Snap, which I played. I beat God of War again for the third time now. Uh, mm, God of wow. War 2018 as a prep for Ragnarok, which comes out in two weeks. And goddamn, that game is just the best game. It's just the best game. And, you know, I was playing it this week and, I, and I've... I think I know why it's the best game. It's just got every single thing that you might love about video games and, and genre of video games, and is in there. It's got roguelikes in there from Niflheim, where you're going in and running, see how far you can get this thing, collecting things and progressing. Yeah. It's got the the really like difficult, intense combat when you're fighting the Valkyries. It's got the deep customization and RPG elements with all the upgrades to all of your combat and your armor and making that better and grinding resources. It's got that open world. It's got side quests and missions. It's got excellent lore. It's, it's got everything. This game whiny is just children. like... It's got whiny children that as I was going through now, seeing it with a different... I was like, 
yeah, this kid, this kid should get his mouth smacked. But also, <laughs> Jesus, he, nothing he said was wrong. He's not he wrong. just nothing he said was wrong. Kratos hey, was let me wrong. Tell you. I wasn't wrong when I talked to my grandma, but I knew better than to talk back. <laughs> yeah. me, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, I'm really so excited for two, though. Just love you. that game. And God, the whole fucking final battle with, with Balder, too. Uh, just replaying it. I was like, what an intense, amazing game. That, like, 30-minute fight? Oh, so fucking yeah. good. Yeah, incredible. Uh, and then the last thing I want to mention is just, like, some woes I've got with Destiny 2, Festival of the Lost, FOTL. It's a Halloween event. It's a little bit late this here. year, but it's going to be going through November 8th, first, so well into November. Um, but man, it launched with a big old... It's the same event from last year where we played through a Haunted Lost Sector. We summoned these giant jack-o'-lanterns, headless ones. and uh, The benefit is last year it was one Lost Sector, this year it's four, so at least you're rotating different ones all the time. They've got brand new Gundam-inspired mech armor, which is really cool, with the caveat that like... You pay real money, real silver or bright dust that you earn in the game to unlock this stuff. And then you can't even wear the head, which is the best part of a Gundam is oh. the cool helmet. Helmet, Because you have to wear this dumb mask the whole time. You have to wear so this wait, Halloween mask in order to continue what, to accrue candy and stuff. What does the helmet do then if you can't wear it? Well, you can wear it. But if you wear your Gundam helmet instead of the Halloween mask... You don't earn candy. You don't earn the the pages that you need to progress the Halloween oh. event in order to get oh, the why? seal. It's more of an after kind of Halloween stuff, so. treat. <laughs> right. It's not for Halloween. It's for after Halloween. And it, I mean, that's not uh. any different than the way it was the last several years of the Halloween event. It's just like, but, I'm finally but, but excited why? for my character's like, I mean, head this time. What, what exactly is the logic in being like, oh, you can't use the event exclusive rewarded item for doing this shit? They just make you wear the dumb mask no matter what. It doesn't matter yeah. what gear you have. You got to wear oh, the stupid mask. Oh, yeah. oh, I get it. To do this event, you have to wear this specific thing of ar armor or whatever. Right. That's the idea. Got exactly. It. Yep. But it also launched with a bunch of bugs, and the experience is just like not polished this time around. Like no one the the first day, first twenty four hours of this event. There were bugs all over the place that people couldn't earn pages, or if they could earn pages, they couldn't progress and turn them into manifested pages to continue the event. Mm -hmm. uh, there were bugs with the event itself happening, and now those are fixed, but it's still the the uh, the task you have to run, these ha haunted lost sectors, you have to kill 10 of these summoned jack-o'-lantern people, and then mm -hmm. you have to fight a boss. And you have a time limit for the 10 jack lantern people. And if you beat the 10 before that time limit, which happens all the time, it doesn't just automatically bring you to the boss. You just have to wait there and do nothing until the timer runs out. Ooh. So for me, that's often like between a minute and a minute and a half of just sitting there, not doing anything. And there, there are the first couple times I did that, I thought it was a bug and I like left the event and redid it. And then I found out, oh, no, that's not a bug, which means that one didn't count for me. You have to run this thing at least 35 times for the seal and the event card. I mean, it's it's, me? it's like seven or eight minutes long, so it's not a – and it's three weeks' worth of events. So you got some time to do it. But Gotcha. But then you beat the thing, and it's over. You get the chest at the end. You get your rewards, and then you have to wait an extra, like, 10 seconds there before you can leave or else it doesn't count as well. And we're used to, in all other types of events, is as soon as the chest opens, everything pops, you can get out of that event, you're totally fine. But now you have to sit around and wait for that thing to be over, or else it doesn't count towards your total of 35. And so I've wasted three runs of this thing 
because I didn't realize you had to wait around for all these stupid timers at the very so yeah it's it's not a seamless polished experience this year and I just want to look like a Gundam that's it yeah just honestly just spend money at this point just give money but you can't just pay money to finish the seal I I really yeah let me the just seal, throw 30 bucks like, at it and leave me alone <laughs> you know I need that title that's it. That's what we played this week. Let's move on to our quest log, talking about more spooky poopies. Silent Hill brings back the spooky, says Matt Kim at IGN. Uh, we we found out about another event, same day as the Resident Evil event. Um, Silent Hill announced they were going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff, and boy, did they bring it. As rumored, Bloober Team, which is the team behind um, I'm blinking on every game they've ever made. What? There's a fear. Uh, Blair Blair's Witch, fear, the Blair medium? Witch. That's what I'm thinking about. The medium, the medium and Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bloober Team is developing a full remake of Silent Hill 2 with the help of the original team silent artist Masahiro Ito and the composer Akira Yamaoka. How'd I do, Alex? That was actually pretty close to how they're supposed to be pronounced. You actually did good Heck on yeah. that one. Thank you. The remake of Silent Hill 2 was announced for PlayStation 5 as a console exclusive with an asterisk on the screen that said, also coming to PC and only has 12 months of exclusivity, so I'm sure it'll come to Xbox after that. Yeah. Uh, the remake will retell the story of James Sunderland, who is looking for his dead wife. Who I sent didn't him... kill my wife! <laughs> who sent him a mysterious letter from the town of Silent Hill. Konami and Bluebird are promising a fully reworked game using new technology and delivered in 4K. So we've got that remake of Silent Hill 2 coming. We also have Silent Hill Townfall, which is a new spinoff developed by No Code Studios, um, known for Stories Untold, and publisher Annapurna Interactive. This is a new project and will be a unique take on the Silent Hill franchise from a highly decorated AA developer. So Townfall looked kind of interesting. We got a little teaser trailer of it. Basically, I actually was... I was looking at the uh, teaser trailer for Townfall just now because that was like the one I had not seen before. Uh, I'm going to say this right here, right now, potentially controversial opinion, but I don't think there are a lot of people that would vehemently disagree with me on this. I feel like there are a few locations in video games uh, more scary than like an abandoned lighthouse town. Like those like remote seaside villages, I think are perfect table setting for great horror experiences and it seems like that's what they're going for with this one um, but obviously there's not a lot known about the project just yet we got another one coming too another new spinoff is silent hill f little lowercase f kind of looks like forte in music set in 1960s japan this narrative driven spinoff will be written by acclaimed japanese writer Ryukishi07, who created visual novels like Higurashi and Umineko. Um, this one also uh, basically got a mood trailer as well, where you just kind of see some weird visuals going on. A girl's face falls off, and there's like weird brain matter underneath. And mm -hmm. have they um, have they explained why it's called F? I assume for fuck around and find out. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to let you guys in on uh, a real secret right here. This is a real Ooh. trick of the trade that Hot not scoop. a lot of people know about. It's very common uh, in the Japanese video game, manga, anime, and entertainment industry to call sequels um, S, T, and F. So, for example, you'll have a certain scientific railgun, season one. You'll have railgun S 
then you'll have Railgun T, and then you'll have Railgun F. And the reason why is because it's Railgun 2nd, S, Railgun T, 3rd, oh. Railgun F, 4th. T, uh, S, T, F, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh, is it called Silent Hill F? Because it's like the they're going to like go back and retcon some things and be like, this is the true fourth Silent Hill game. But then it gets confusing because there was a Silent Hill 4 that was made back in the day by the people that, you know, people respect when it comes to the Silent Hill series. There was Silent Hill 4, The Room, as it was called. But that game is itself kind of controversial. So it's, it's not really clear what's going on here, to be honest. But we'll see. Interesting. <laughs> what do they do for five? Uh, that's a good point. I guess it's not, there F2. aren't a lot of like, <laughs> yeah, F2. Maybe maybe they go like Fi, like Fi. Yeah. Semper Fi. That means the fifth Semper. The spin yeah. Or V. <laughs> or V. Uh, F will juxtapose a beautiful and terrifying world and focus on the psychological supernatural mysteries of Silent Hill. But that's not all. We have another game, Silent Hill Ascension. Which is, is an immersive... Game? What? Is the game? Is the game... What did I say? Continue reading. Oh. An immersive project where participants around the world will control the characters in a new Silent Hill story. Silent Hill Ascension is a collaboration between Genvid Entertainment, Bad Robot Games, Behavior Interactive, and DJ2 Entertainment. This one sounds like a Kojima-ass project, where it's like... This you're one gonna, is weird. Yeah, you're going to control things together. Again, we just got a teaser trailer that basically like kind of set the mood for us, but they were very much about, like, you're going to do this thing multiplayer with friends around the world together. And it's like, I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, yeah. So. Um, somewhere, so, again, I'm just reading through the IGN article, you know, all the stuff that you just said. Uh, I guess this is some ed editorializing, but basically, this is what they say. Basically, a Let's Play Pokemon version of a new Silent Hill story that will be live on multiple platforms. What? Yeah. That, so that's the way they, they advertised the release date of it, too. They said live 2023, which is yeah. weird. Also, I mean, it's a cool they, idea if it works. You know what's weird. wild to me? They, they have Ascension.com. Like, go to at the very end, it's like ascension.com. And I was like, how the hell did Silent Hill get ascension? How did God of War Ascension not get it first? How did like any other company like the dot com bubble all this? Nothing, nobody it's, got ascension.com yet. Yeah, it's super weird because didn't, didn't Konami default on their like domain over like the Silent Hill franchise a while ago? That sounds familiar. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. There's just an that's just a weird idea for a game. Could be cool, but it's like everyone get together and we'll make decisions. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. It's guys, guys, I, I just did it right here, right now. If you go to silenthill.com, it, it brings up a entirely black page with Masahiro Ito's Twitter account with one tweet, which is I wish I hadn't designed fucking Pyramid Head. <laughs> that is silenthill.com. That's right. <laughs> that's great. Which is why yeah, they and, yet they Ascension Ascension. and yet they have ascension.com and yet they have ascension.com. What I don't know what is going on over at Konami. Even even though we're all supposed to be kind of happy that they're finally giving the series it you know the due it deserves, like clearly there are still a few a few loose screws over there. Finally, the last announcement here. This is, I believe, maybe a French name, Christophe Gon, maybe. Or if yeah. I was going to read it like an American, it says Christophe Gans. The director of the first Silent Hill movie is making a third movie in the series with Return to Silent Hill. That's about all we know. 
Um, from what I understand, this kind of goes for the rest of this too. From what I understand, those movie that original movie did not do well, and people did not generally think it was a good movie. So, like, did, did you guys interesting have that they chose him seen again? Guess what? I've seen it as a kid a long time ago, but I remember now nothing about it. I've watched Silent Hill the movie. I saw two in theaters. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. I saw the the only the first Silent Hill movie like a few years ago. Um, that movie is not amazing, but it does have two really good things going for it. One, visually, I think it looks absolutely gorgeous. Way more gorgeous than I feel like a lot of other video game movies go for. I feel like it's more common that other video game movies kind of go for more of a like hyper-saturated kind of homogenous look to them. This one like really was shot like a art movie in a way that I feel was very pleasing. The other thing is original Silent Hill movie made extensive use of Akira Yamaoka's like famous tracks from the Silent Hill games, which is one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, of course, no duh. But I feel like we can count like no shortage of video game movies off the top of our heads that don't use any of the like iconic music from the games that they're Fucking based on. Uncharted, right? Oh, yeah, they use like, it like in the credits, and when you see Nolan North is when they yeah. use the theme. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's it. And so it's like like shout out like ultimately we'll see whether or not this you know third Silent Hill movie is any good or not. But like shout out to Christopher Gant for being like, hey. The Silent Hill games have really good music. Let's use that music. I will take my evil ego off the table right here and right now and defer to Akira Yamaoka on this one. I appreciate that. So all of that Silent Hill stuff is coming down the road. Um, great. I hope that I hope that franchise finds new life. From what I understand, though, again, like that's a, there are a lot of projects that Konami is funding right now after a long time of not funding anything worthwhile that uh for silent hill in particular which is a franchise that i honestly have only ever played a few minutes of a psp game in that franchise but as i understand like there are there's a good game maybe two good games in that franchise and the rest of them are like super meh so like to to announce what is this four or five new entries in this franchise at once sounds like they're taking a big risk they are remaking the one that everyone likes though Everyone, is whenever that, you say two there's two the good games, likes? two yeah. is the one that people like. Okay. So I think that'll be fun. And then, yeah, well, I guess we'll see what sticks. You know, it could be good, could be bad. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to play it, but I like that it's there. Yeah. Um, have, you guys, have you guys caught wind at all of like all the kind of naysayers and kind of general kind of disquiet that people have over Bloober Team taking over development of the remake? No. Uh, Bloober, I. In general, I feel like people are like kind of into Bloober Team. Like they're seen as like a good double A developer. That's my understanding based on like general discourse that I see. Is that not what people are saying though? It's it's tough because like there are a lot of people that are really not happy with Bloober Team taking over development of the game. But it's like it's one of those things where like I feel like the people that are like most vocal about not liking Bloober Team being on the project are the kind of people that have like been with the Silent Hill series from like day one and are like super diehard fans that are like that have kind of gone through heaven and hell over the course of the past two decades as Konami has like repeatedly fucked up the franchise over and over and over again. And they're just so they're just sort of so downtrodden and they just see this as like another example of Konami potentially fucking things up. Um, there was one tweet that I saw that I feel like I don't know that I entirely disagree with it, but I feel like it very it encapsulates very well 
like people's issue with Bluebird Team being on this project. And it was like, this game, the, the, Bluebird Team's remake of Silent Hill looks like if Steven Spielberg saw Super 8, the, uh, what's his face? J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah, Abrams, and then yeah. decided. And then and then went J.J. Abrams. You can remake E.T. based on this movie, like like their whole kind of issue with it is that it's like Blue Team has sort of made a name for itself making horror games that clearly are inspired and ape off of the classics like Silent Hill Two, but are not just not quite on the same level as those games. And now you're kind of giving them the keys to the kingdom. That's sort of where those people's heads are at. But I mean, they do obviously you know, have the brain trust of some of the original people that were responsible for the series becoming popular in the first place. So maybe this is their, maybe this is their big break where they finally kind of break out of this rut of making good, not amazing games and really knock it out of the park. Yeah. I got two things. I see what they're saying. One first thing is that, um, it's a remake. They're not making a new silent Hill game. So, you know, like no one complains when Blue Point makes a new game. They've never made anything original. No one complains because they make good remakes. So Blue mm-hmm. Team could do that. Also, like your example, the same thing where like, yeah, he made Super 8, so then he can make this movie. That makes sense. Like, you got to remember, in that scenario, Steven Spielberg is dead. I Is there anybody from the original Silent Hill team who still works at Konami? So who's going to do it? As, I don't think that they have a staff of 500 people who made that game in the early 2000s still working at Konami. So I don't understand like who else is going to do it, right? We'll yeah. see, I guess. Who knows? We'll see. There's also like the the something to be said. Like they're clearly inspired by other horror things, and, and even if they like borrow or steal from those concepts, like. There's something to be said for fans of that stuff remaking and and giving new life to that content. And I think about the fact that like uh, at Nintendo nowadays, like all the most all the greatest most modern Mario games are made by people who grew up playing the original Mario games as kids, and now they're really excited to make them. And so, like that kind of thing rings true here. I think for me as well, where we're seeing these people that love this content as consumers that are now responsible for recreating that original in hopefully a faithful way that they care about too. I mean, again, I do see the worry because they do make only double A games, but yeah. either you get nothing at all, or you let the double A team try to make a remake to take your pick. Uh, you Silent Hill fans, nothing or maybe a good remake. What do you want? Well, at the extreme end of the great triple A teams we've got uh sony santa monica over here god of wars boy is becoming a man in 4k uh this comes from logan plant at ign another new name another new logan are these both logans no no no, the no. First one was we know Jordan. logan plant okay yeah, yeah we know logan do plant. i know logan plant is he a plant is he there specifically for us to make us look he's good? there from somewhere else yeah yeah he's oh, not as common gotcha, as gotcha, the gotcha, other gotcha, people gotcha. but freelancer uh, he's there got it yeah yeah uh, so Sony Santa Monica will offer players a lot of different graphics options, we found out uh, in God of War Ragnarok when it launches in two weeks. Thanks to the graphic mode options breakdown from Press Start, it's been confirmed that God of War Ragnarok supports 120 hertz, which in a practical everyday sense means this is that it's designed to run with an unlocked frame rate that aims to stay above 60 frames per second. In a statement to IGN, Sony said that frame rate will vary based on gameplay elements and the world location. Uh, here are a couple of modes that are listed in the report. So you have your standard resolution or performance mode. Resolution being 4K 30 locked, performance being 60 frames per second locked, and maybe a checkerboarded variable resolution. Uh, 
And then they have two options that are those same idea, but with high frame rate versions. So favorite resolution will be 4K 40 frames per second locked. And favorite performance will be uh, it's that syncs that 120 uh, hertz per second, 120 hertz. So it's going to be, you know, 60 ish uh, up to 100, like uh, above 120. Both of these require HDMI 2.1 and a TV capable of running all of that. Um, so that's a cool little interesting twist. Of course, we recently got that PlayStation update that unlocks variable frame rates that makes all of this happen. Um, segment from Adam after we're done is the note that I see here. Not supposed to read that. Oh, uh, <laughs> we're done. Strike that from the record. Well, before oh, wait, you do that, kidding. well, no, no, kidding. go ahead and do your thing. Do no, your I was thing. yawning. I was yawning. That was a yawn that you heard oh, there. Oh, go ahead and do your thing if you're ready. Unless you have, to, I mean, cool. We know the the things in the game that comes out in two weeks. I'm very excited for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex, yeah, yeah, do you yeah, have yeah. anything to say about this story? God of War is looking good. Let's Rings. play it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Chad. You done yawning? Segment from Adam. Adam. <laughs> All right. So for those eagle-eyed viewers or listeners of the podcast, you might have noticed Chad's been singing a song as of late, and maybe I, I snuck oh. it in. So our first story was Resident Evil shows us the scary. The second story was Silent Hill brings the uh. spooky. <laughs> God of War's boys becoming a man. So we know what that means. Segment from Adam this week: Men becoming wolves. Love it. Love it. Oh, such a meta, beautiful thing. I'm thinking in fucking 5D chess over here, guys. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to play a little game called Men Becoming Wolves. And these are all, I have seven games. Okay. And these are all games featuring the wolf of the wear variety. <laughs> and the way, Whoa, the way that this, this is works. This San Diego's Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> the way that this works is uh, I'm going to give you, I have three clues, right? And when I say the first clue, if you guess it on the first clue, you get three points. You guess on the second clue, two points. Guess on the third okay. clue, one point. Okay. Whoever has the most points by the end of the game wins. Throw out your answers whenever you think. Again, these are Men Becoming Wolves. Take that title of the game as you please. Okay. Uh, we're going to start with... We're going to go with this one first. All right. Uh, Men Becoming Wolves game number one. It came out for two machines. Men Becoming Wolf game that came out on two machines. If I don't get any guesses, I'm going to move on. Um, it has been released multiple times. Hmm. Any guesses here? All right. The last clue are, are, is... Are guesses infinite? Uh, like, can, if I... Yeah, you can just guess okay. as much as you want. A Resident Evil Village? No. Okay. Um, the last clue is Amiibo. Hmm. What? There, there aren't any werewolves in Bayonetta, are there? That's not Bayonetta. Amiibo, a Yubo, a Weibo. Came out for two machines. Been released multiple times. Amiibo. This seems like Chad. If I can confer with you, if we can uh, link our brains together, I think that it's possible that the two machines that. Uh, Adam is referring to might be the Wii U and the Switch. This could be one of those games that got ported from one to the other. Yeah. You guys are competing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we, we, we got to link our brains together on this one. On this one? it's I I mean, I don't think it's hard because I'm looking at the list, but that's just me. 
I was not thinking guesses? anything Nintendo at this point. I, I have werewolf-related games that have nothing to do with these clues that I could just burn right now, but that would give Alex an advantage on the future, the ones that might yeah, be those answers. All right, I think I'm going to call it on this one. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Oh, guys. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. GameCube yeah, and Wii right. re-released right. on Wii U. He and literally became a wolf. Amiibo. I was thinking okay, werewolf. Okay, so I was... Okay. Yeah, see, Man I was... becoming wolves is what the thing <laughs> okay. game's called. I was on the right track. I was on the right track. <laughs> you were Adam, if you could give me okay. 0. 0.05 points, I would appreciate it. I will give you zero points. Gotcha. All right, number <laughs> two. <laughs> number two. Uh, it's a 2008 platformer. It took a bit of a different direction. 2008 platformer, different direction. Diplop. Uh, Diplop? <laughs> Yeah, it's a Outlast. platformer that came out in 2008. Maybe they had a werewolf enemy in it. No, not any, not Outcast, not the Blob. Uh, changes from the iconic colors. Change from an iconic color. There were lots of colors in the Blob. <laughs> there was Splatoon Two. <laughs> no, all right, we'll go to our last clue. You gotta go fast to the discount bin. Oh, Dark uh, Sonic the Dark. He has a sword. Werewolf. Collect the rings. <laughs> What's the name of the game, Chad? Sonic and the Dark Knight. Sonic and Sonic and the Dark Crystal Chronicles. <laughs> Still waiting. Sonic on the right and the answer. Secret Rings. Sonic. Still waiting. Brave the Knight. <laughs> I'll give you guys is one more not, guess. Adam, is it not Sonic and the Black Knight? No, it is not. No, no, okay. it's dark. There's something dark in there. I I can see the cover. He's holding a sword. He's got like a furry werewolf hand. <laughs> but but that is that is the game I'm referring to. All right, you guys have guessed. It is Sonic Unleashed. Is the name Unleashed. of the video game? Oh, where he no, becomes a oh, werewolf. Fuck. That is not what I thought. And that one, but it makes sense. Uh, this yeah. is an entire podcast, and I'm opening up here. That game, not that bad. I actually should remember that one. But okay. Also, that's Hedgehog becoming wolves. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the official terminology that they use in the Sonic universe is Werehog, not Werewolf. Yeah, oh. I also the title is also the reference to a Tracy Jordan song, so keep that in mind. <laughs> Let's not take it too literally, sort of literally though. All right, again, games where men become wolves, were creatures, wolves were their wear. Uh, let's see <laughs> this one. Uh, are the next game we have up? Spooky Tall Castle. Castlevania? Not Castlevania. What was it? Pandora's Tower? No. That's not, yeah. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Remember. It was It was like one of the last Wii games released in 2013. Oh, I don't remember anything about that. Spooky Tall Castle. Um, okay. This one. Gross. Full of blood. Gore. And slurps. And slurps. Oh, God. Werewolves versus Vampires: The Reckoning. <laughs> There's a game with a similar title, but no, that is not it. All right, I'll go to our last one. My hands. Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil Village. God damn it! There you go. Give yourself <laughs> yeah. a point, cozy. Chad, I thought you would get the slurps based on that 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 baby thing, right? Chad. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. What's up, Alex? I was going to say, Chad, I feel bad getting that one, considering that I've never touched a Resident Evil game before outside <laughs> of that one demo. But, like, you have to understand that that one moment was everywhere on Twitter when the yeah. game released. So yeah. mm -hmm. there's no way I was not going to get that. 
I do love how we're three games in a possible nine points and Cozy has one point. All right, guys. <laughs> 1.05 points. I <laughs> <laughs> give him that zero five. Uh, let's see. Okay, here's a good one. Hunt monsters, including the Wolfman's. Monster Hunter. No, good guess, though. Outlast. No. Hmm. You want me to do one more? Want me to go well, yeah, one more. One more. I don't want to burn this game because I have a feeling it's coming up somewhere in here, and I don't want to burn this one unless it's right. Steel or silver? Question mark. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, no, nothing from you guys? Nothing. All right. No. I'll do the last one. Henry Cavill's bare butt was inspired by this. On, the Witcher? Is, yeah. Which, what is it? Oh. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. The Witcher Wild Hunt. Technically, it's not yeah, called The Witcher said, 3. It's called The Witcher Wild Hunt. So I win. With the threes in the back. I'm going to give it to All Chad right. because it All makes right. the game oh, That's even. fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah, more yeah. fun. Uh, you didn't... Uh, see, you hunt monsters include... You hunt monster. Monster Hunter... Yeah, I know. Gerald. I didn't play The Witcher. <laughs> Gerald is a monster hunter. That's Gerald. <laughs> all right, this one. I keep saying you're going to get these, but I'm fucking proven wrong every time. Uh, all right. This exclusive, excuse me. This exclusive wasn't quite the banger. I'm thrown off by the word banger, but I think this might be the game that I didn't want to burn earlier. You're going to guess it? No, I don't want to guess it yet. Give me another clue. Assassin's Creed Syndicate because they take place in England and England has bangers and mash. Was that just exclusively bad? Is that what the word exclusive means there? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Real pretty, really The Order 1886. Yes. Chad, give yourself Uh, two points. Yeah. Boom. You could have guessed it on the first one, right? That was just the word banger threw me off and I was like, does this have something to do with explosives? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Chad, were you inspired to say that because I went with Resident Evil Syndicate? No. No, The Order 1886 is something I've been wanting to say for every single game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. My last All right. clue for that, which I don't remember, Vampire Dick? Is it a vampire or werewolf? Werewolf Dick. Like it's it. definitely werewolf Dick. It is. I did the well, good is thing it? we didn't get to the last one. Yeah. So yeah, you Chad can see is a wolf I feel dangling. like you, yeah. you definitely see both of them in that game, I want to say. There aren't there aren't vampires in that game, are there? Yeah, there are. That's that's the whole reveal, is that initially you think it's just werewolves, and then it's revealed, oh, actually, the people who are funding the like Knights of the Round Table modern-day group are actually like a bunch of vampires, and they're pulling uh-huh. the strings and like are in control of politics and all that. I've played that game front to back twice, and I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so Chad's on three, uh, Cozy's on one point. All right, this one. Ahem. <clears throat> Fantasy game where you can become a wolf by joining a fight club. Fantasy game where you become a wolf by joining a fight club. Mm. Alex has got something in his mind. If you get it on the first try, you'll get three points, Alex. Is it is it the game where where they're like, rise from your grave, and it's like really digitized and really crappy because it was like for the Sega Genesis? But I don't remember what it's in. No, that is not it. I will tell you now. That is not <laughs> okay. the correct answer. What, what game am I thinking of? I don't know. Ultra Rise Beast. Speaker. That's it. It's oh, Ultra Beast. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. That is a game where there's werewolves, but that is not the game this uh, okay. one. Okay. All right. Expansion based on your sworn enemy. This game has an expansion based on your sworn enemy. Mm, I don't think this is it. I don't think. I want another clue. I want another clue. Alex, you want another clue or you want to guess? 
This is it a Devil May Cry? No, it is not Devil May Cry. Okay. Again, you're allowed as many guesses as you want. If you don't have anything, I'll go to the last one. Uh, all right. Biggest game of 2011. Oh, nope. Not what I was thinking at all. Huh. Portal 2? <laughs> no. <laughs> werewolf game Portal 2. So many werewolves in Portal 2. Fight a fantasy game where you become a wolf by joining a fight club. Expansion based on your sword enemy. Biggest game of 2011. Nothing? Soul Calibur 4. Okay. <laughs> do, do we just want to do we just want to list 2011 games? <laughs> no, it's fine. It was Skyrim. Uh, uh, I haven't played what, Skyrim. Wait. Th- there was an ex- Yeah, there's an expansion I, I where you fight vampires. Okay. Got it. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Absolutely. All right. So, 3 to 1. We're on our last question. Please God, <laughs> let this be easy enough for you guys. <laughs> <sighs> this fabled tale was a Wolf big Among hit. Us fable. Well, you got it immediately. It, it was Wolf <laughs> Among Us. I've been waiting to say Wolf Among Us, and I've been waiting to say Diablo 2. <laughs> so Chad ends up with uh, six points total. Cozy ends up with one point total with a, a, a potential 21 points over, over for everybody. But here we are. <laughs> the men have become wolves. I will sunset this video game like they sunset the full moon at night. Like when the sunset old yeller when he turned there into a go. wolf. <laughs> There's my segment. I did Jesus. not realize these games were going to be so hard. <laughs> it's all right. It's still fun. A bit more of Bayo 3. Speaking of werewolves, I don't know what that has to do with this. Uh, this comes from Andy Robinson at VGC. Last oh, wait, week we hold talked on a sec. About... Hold on a sec. The podcast okay. isn't over? I thought the podcast was over. No, I no, just wanted to do it. Adam. That was not Game on Game Show, sir. Oh, okay. yeah, no, that was my segment okay. because, again, I named all the titles. Boys becoming men. It's just so. typically, typically we do these segments at the end of the podcast, and so yeah. I assumed, oh, okay, we're wrapping up now. I did it like two lines in once, and Chad didn't know what to do. <laughs> we were in the very first story, like two lines in. I was like, by the way, yes, segment from Adam. Anyways, go ahead. So last week we talked about Bayonetta 3 and how that story was just starting to come out and uh, Helena Taylor being offered $4,000. There have been a couple of more developments, but still kind of some things that are very unclear. Uh, But we just want to catch everyone up. So sources have disputed recent claims by former Bayonetta voice actor Helena Taylor, who said she was offered an insulting offer of just $4,000 to reprise her role in the third game. Sources cited in a Bloomberg report have now disputed some of the claims made by the voice actor, many of which VGC can corroborate via their own sources. According to people with knowledge of the situation, Platinum Games intended to rehire Taylor last summer, and it's claimed that Platinum sought to hire Taylor for at least five sessions, although VGC's session says it could be as few as four, with each of the five sessions paying three dollars to $4,000 each for four hours in the studio. This would have brought Taylor's total fee to at least $15,000 instead of the $4,000 that she claimed. According to Bloomberg, the voice actor responded by asking for a six-figure sum as well as residuals on on the game. However, Taylor strongly denies that claim. And then Platinum Games publicly stated its support for Bayonetta's new voice actor while also attempting to defuse the ongoing debate around the role's previous performer. With a quote saying, we at Platinum Games offer our sincerest appreciation to everyone who has contributed to creating the Bayonetta series over the years, as well as the community that has served as its foundation. 
We give our full support to Jennifer Hale as the new Bayonetta and align with everything in her statement. We ask people to please refrain from any further comments that would disrespect Jennifer or any of the other contributors to the series. So uh, Platinum is saying we would have offered her more money, actually. And she's she's saying that we lowballed her. And then she came back and said, nope, I want three figures. And she's saying, I didn't say that. And now they're saying, hey, everyone, just stop talking about it. Sweep it under the I, rug. Yeah, I mean, Alex probably knows more because I not, I feel like he's paid closer attention. But apparently people have been like harassing, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Hale? Uh, apparently yeah, Jennifer on, Hale. Online. The, the she just, like, just took line. a job. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> I took a job. Cut, cut it out. So yeah. uh, I don't know. Alex, again, you've been paying much more attention. These are just a couple reports over the last week. How, how, how do you feel? Is it still... I don't know. Give me your thoughts, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, it's tough. Like, this has provided a little bit more clarity in this situation. It's definitely helped illuminate some things that were previously, like, not, like, super obvious in terms of what was going on. On the, in the previous uh, podcast where we talked about this, we talked about the weirdness that they would bring on Jennifer Hale, somebody who famously has been very kind of pro-union, very pro-advocating for people within the video game industry being paid their due. And this you know, makes a little bit more sense of what has been a situation that has not made a lot of sense, but it's still been shitty. I think what's, um, you know, what's been a little bit disappointing is that in the wake of the initial uh, allegations that the uh, original uh, voice actress uh, alleged against Bayonetta's uh, developer in Nintendo, uh, a lot of people were very much in kind of support of her. And, you know, it, it definitely kind of like uh, kicked open a, an open fire uh, with regards to kind of the whole kind of ongoing discussion that we've had over the past few years about, you know, video game voice actors and anime voice actors kind of getting paid their due and companies needing to, you know, embrace and accept unions. Uh, and what's been a little bit disappointing is that since the kind of news about uh, Helena Taylor having come out, apparently people have been kind of digging through her Twitter account and they found evidence of her not being all that great of a person. Apparently there's some like transphobic, transphobic rhetoric that she's uh, engaged with in the past. And, and it's like, I'm not... I'm not going to sit here and stand up and say, oh, man, uh, that's totally forgivable because she's in a disadvantaged situation right now. But like, I think that this is one of the situations where we can be like, we may not, you know, disagree with the kind of person here. Perhaps there's more going on here than we previously knew about. And it's not as black and white of a situation as she was done dirty. But we can still take the kind of larger uh, kind of message, larger moral of this whole situation, which is that actors within the video game industry deserve to be paid better, deserve to be paid a living wage, and still kind of uphold that as important. And I, I, I can't help but feel like that got a little bit lost in the shuffle over the course of the week or so uh, since this news story originally breaking, but hopefully it will still stay because it's important. I'll be honest, when I saw the the rebuttal when Platinum said, actually, we were going to pay her as much as $15,000, I still went, that's all? That's yeah, all that's she would make? Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is not only is it not still not that much money, but, like, I think it was Jason Schreier that was talking about how, like, you have to kind of factor in, like, taxes and all sorts of other things that result in even that sum of money being cut down more and more and more until it's an even less impressive sum that when, than what you originally started with as well. Yeah, it's wild. I the when it comes to voice acting, um, 
I know that it differs wildly from the movie industry because movies make so much money, especially when they're marketed to kids and stuff like that. But like the the figure that always blows my mind that I come back to is for the original Despicable Me movie before it blew up into the franchise that it is with the minions and all that kind of stuff for today. The original one, Steve Carell worked for four hours in a recording booth and made half a million dollars. And then to know that this woman was going to be asked to work, you know, as much as 20 hours in a recording booth and make $15,000 like that to me, I know this is very different. Like Bayonetta is nowhere near on the level of despicable me or, and it's not a movie. She's not Steve Carell, but still $15,000 sounds really, really low for a first party Nintendo, uh, published like AAA developer with platinum games, like a big character and franchise that, that Nintendo of all people is investing in. That sounds really low. So yeah, but I think this has been, this has been really good to highlight like the need for better pay for voice actors for sure. Uh, if that's mm. what comes out of this excellent, uh, I hate that people's relationships and careers and things like that are being, uh, kind of dragged through the mud, but still blows my mind that yeah, platinum defended themselves with that number. But I wonder what that is in industry standard. Because if you think about it, do you make fifteen thousand dollars in over the course of two days? I mean, no, but when it comes to acting, I understand it's a different. Yeah. I understand it's different. But most actors are unemployed ninety nine percent of the year. Yeah, yeah. Because because I, again, I don't know what the standard is. That's the number I would like to know. Is what people normally get paid for a four hour session. That would be great yeah. to know. Besides, again, of course, Steve Carell. That's a completely different thing. But where she asked for six figures, I'm like, I feel like. I, that, that feels like a, a bit much, right? For 20 hours worth of work, six figures. But I, six I figures don't know. does sound like unreasonable for the level of that, of you know, like that game is going to sell. I wonder what sure. Jennifer Hale took. That's what I want to, again, she's not going to say because that's her personal business and she knows right. that's not what to do. But like, how? what's the difference between what Jennifer Hale decided was enough and what Helena thought wasn't enough? You know, I don't know. I'm just yeah. very interested in what the standards are. But again, that's a whole, you know, actors guilds, voice act it's a whole a whole thing yeah. we don't know about and for for anyone who out there is thinking like i don't know 20 hours of work and make 15 grand sounds pretty nice like uh, i only have experience with the actors equity union which is the like stage actors where it is a real statistic that at any given time 99 percent of all actors in that union are unemployed and it's oh, yeah. like they they have a year to get between jobs before they lose health insurance like it is it is expected that you will be unemployed most of the time and then you get big chunks of money every once in a while sporadically that will have to last mm. you a long time. So that sounds like $15,000 for 20 hours of work is great, but it's, it's Especially work is far and few between. Cause yeah. I know people who do commercial work, that's the best part because you get paid a, a decent amount, but then you just, you just get a check every, right. every month for the rest of your fucking life. And, and it's basically. not like, like the 20 hours uh, of work that you do is like an actor in that sort of scenario is not equivalent to like the 20 hours of work that you do doing like some like kind of more lower skill, like manual labor kind of job. Like it, it sounds silly, but like a lot of voice actors, voice actresses have talked about like damaging their voice, uh, uh, ruining their, you know, one kind of talent doing these incredibly intensive, incredibly difficult jobs that, again, can only take like a manner of hours to perform. And so, like, it, it's important that they kind of be properly compensated for that. Yeah, for sure. I just remember, though, this uh, this whole story reminded me of was a GTA 4 when the guy who played Nico was like, oh, this game sold really well. Can I get money on the back end? And right. Rockstar was like, fuck you. And then all the GTA 5 dudes, 
didn't say nothing about that. Apparently, you know, they just, and they all came back for DLC. That Nico guy never came back. So interesting, interesting. But oh, yeah, is, that, I don't know. is that why like Nico never really got referenced again in the series? I have no idea. I would assume that might be part of it. Because I know? know that like one of like a bunch of like the main characters from like the DLCs for GTA 4 came back in like five, but Nico himself mm -hmm. like never returned. Yeah, there's never and I'm, I'm wondering either. if that's, I'm wondering if those two stories are related. Yeah. Interesting. It's just like, yeah, again, hope that everything's fine with her. Hope people get paid a fair rate, whatever your job is. I just, me being a nosy, I want to know the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just want to know the numbers. Anyways. What's interesting too is, um, there's a law being passed in California starting January 1st. All uh, open positions, like all every every single job description and stuff like that will now have to have a salary range too, which I assume also goes for like voice actors and things like that and, mm. and movie actors. So I'm wondering if like we'll start to see a lot more transparency around that because obviously there's a ton of, of game development happening in California. Because you have the range at least. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So regardless of the talent themselves, we'll at least know lead actor in this film or we're looking for voice actor for this character in a game and we'll know what the salary could be okay cool that's it for our quest log and it is time for game on game show the game on our gaming show we play a game called game on the game show on our game show game 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 alex is this left over from last week or do you actually have a tmi with npd uh i do not that unfortunately Perfect. is left over i'm That's sorry i'm no worries. So sorry I have, I have a game this week called <gasps> guess what happened this week uh it's a returning segment that we've played uh a few times over the last year this is the first time we've ever played it with two people so we're gonna here's oh. how the game works i go to vglegacy.com and they have a segment where they have a page where they're just like here's everything that happened in video game history this week and it could be game systems that came out. It could be video games that released in certain territories. It could be people that were born out of mom's vagina. People ex escaping birth canals. Yep, that's <laughs> yes, my favorite could one. Be, could be any of that. Uh, and I will tell you the date, the year, and then I will give you a hint about what it might be referring to. And you have to guess what it is. Uh, for this, you both will not, like, it'll be a free-for-all. Whoever says the thing first awesome you do not have to wait till the end of the clue in order to guess although i will continue to read the clue just so everyone at home can can hear it and guess mm -hmm. on their, themselves so um we've got seven each one is worth 33 points so keep track okay. on yourself <laughs> um starting with october 23rd today is october 23rd that's today in time 1981 Let's bring your brain back. Oh, here's the twist. Here's the twist. It's spooky. Ah, October. Ah, spooky, scary. So all of these clues are all describing like a nightmare scenario or something like, like mm. a, a nightmare or a spooky thing or a scary thing. So they're all set up like that. Gotcha. I'm dying. <coughs> don't. Please don't die on this. That's too scary, spooky. Uh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> so here's the first nightmare. Hmm. That Spielberg movie, Duel, where the truck is terrorizing Dennis Weaver and chasing him down the highway, except you're Dennis Weaver, but you don't have a car, and the car and the highway is full of trucks, and you're being chased down by trucks and run over. Frogger. Frogger oh, it is. Congratulations, fuck. Adam. Frogger came to arcades on October 23rd, Almost. 1981. <laughs> I, like, I like how we're doing this. <clears throat> what the fuck is that movie you just referenced? It's <laughs> Duel. It's a made-for-TV yeah. movie from the 70s by Steven Spielberg. It's, yeah, it's just like his first movie, basically. Yeah, oh, cool. It's good. It's not intense. like first, 
not like first ever like like piece of film work he made but like first like motion picture basically yeah, i yeah, thought it was the movie from stephen king where the green goblins on the front of the truck <laughs> i i thought that too for a second um you, what movie are you talking about with that what is that it's, i think it's the only movie he ever directed where it's some carnage <laughs> like i don't know what it's called I know, but I know i know what you're talking about hold on hold on it literally has on. spider-man's green goblin on the front of a truck and the truck is like <laughs> evil possessed or something like that yeah fuck. i know hold there's on. christine which is the car no that's the little the, car okay this is a big truck fuck, i can't google enough what's happening there's jeepers fuck, creepers every single which is the time guy I bring driving up the big stephen truck. king movie it l brings up movies based off of stephen king's books <laughs> but not the one movie he directed here here we'll we'll handle this right now stephen king green there we go truck. maximum overdrive maximum overdrive no. there we go yeah the story no, yeah, with that is... movie is that was shortly after stephen king uh got hurt by like like a truck like almost run, run him over or whatever and so he directed that movie while he was like high on quaaludes or whatever which is why it's so <laughs> weird oh yeah stephen king has done a ton of drugs in his life living his best life no this one's a this one's a, a movie the guy is just like on a long road trip for work i think it is and there's a big mac truck that he like honks at on the highway to like move it. i can't remember what starts it but oh there's a bob burgers episode about that yeah probably probably the christmas yeah. one and then yeah, the yeah. truck just like fucking tries Follows to ram him around and tries off to kill the road and he hides yeah. and the truck finds him and you never see the driver um all right staying on the same day october 23rd 1988 hmm. this is that one nightmare actors have where they walk out on stage but they forgot to put on their tanuki suit and they're naked and also all their lines super are in mario japanese bros 3. it is super mario bros 3 yeah. but they're all their, all their lines are we japanese and that, they don't the speak way. japanese yeah we both said that at the same time by the way well i'm we going to say it. both of you get 33, 33 points for that actually we're going to split right. that in half oh. both of you get 16 and a half points all right i'm actually keeping but Alex, okay. i'm going to give you that point zero five from last game and add it to the so get 17. Okay. Okay. No, he gets 16.50.55. All right. Okay. Um, yes, that was Super Mario Bros. 3 came out on the Famicom in Japan on that day. Mm. All right, October 24th. That's tomorrow, 2014. Yep. Witches are scary as fuck, except this one's even more scary because it's the 21st century. And you know what's scary now? Guns. This one has four Bayonetta. guns. One on, yep, it is Bayonetta. Hold on. This one has guns on all of her limbs again. Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta 2 on Wii U. That is correct. Oh, October 24th, 2014. All right. Four to go. October 25th, 2005. This is that anxious feeling you get when you hook up with a rando on Tinder and you're worried that at any moment they might start speaking Spanish and their head explodes and a giant mutated bug looking thing comes Resident out of their Evil neck 4? and spits point. Yes, it is Resident Evil All 4 right. on PS2. Uh, okay. Yep. Cool. October 25th, 2013. This is that spooky feeling you get when you make uh, when you make superhero games relevant again with a really dope trilogy, and then you trust the prequel to a different studio, and they don't do a great job with Origins. it. Ba uh, Batman Arkham Origins. Origins. It is Batman, Ar Batman Arkham uh, Origins, Batman correct? Batman Arkham Origins. Who's in the lead? What are your point totals right now? I have 33 plus 16.5 plus 33 plus 33. So I have 115.5 points. I okay, have 49.55 points. Okay. It's all right. You can still you can still win if you get both of these correct before Adam. You can win by 0.05 points. 
Oh. October 26, 2000. This is that horrific sound of a little kid giggling in the dark woods, and the only way to kill it is by gruesomely mutating your body into different creatures and stabbing it with a fairy sword. I let you saw the murderer's mask. That is correct, Alex. You get 33 I points. Really, I, I really slurred <laughs> through that one. <laughs> this one's it. Game point. Final one. <clears throat> October 26, 2018. Mm -hmm. This is a recent terrifying, scary thing. Picture this terrifying nightmare. A giant open world that demands hundreds of hours of your time. Too. It is Red Dead Redemption 2. That is correct. I knew you were going to try to talk shit. The rest, of the, the rest of the clue is uh, it demands hundreds of hours of your time. But instead of doing fun or interesting things, you just stare at horse butts for most of it and clean your gun and shave your face and shit forever. It's terrifying. Fantastic. You're crazy. That is it uh, for so Game on Game Show. Congratulations, Adam, on winning. What is your score? 144.5 points. Or 148.5 points, as you excellent, can see. Excellent. I know that we brought it up uh, last week's episode. Did either of you ever play Red Dead Revolver? No. No. I played, like, the first four hours of that game. That game is fucking weird. Like, that game, <laughs> the whole deal with that game is it was, like, originally a, like, Capcom-published, like, kind of arcade experience, and then Rockstar basically brought it into their fold, and they made it a little bit more of, like, a legitimate, like, Old West game, but there is still so much bizarre shit in that game. There's, like, one boss battle where you're battling, like, a guy that's, like, teleporting everywhere, and, like, you're fighting the undead. Like, it is a trip. I played Gun. I'm a thespian. <laughs> 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 teleporting what the fuck all right god do you remember the game wet yeah w-e-t from bethesda i loved yeah. it yeah i just played the unusual demo, way say. to spell wet <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking of you know like my appetite or wet wet my what do you what do you say w-h-e-t what is that wet my whistle yeah wet your appetite no wet my appetite is that it yeah Wet your whistle is just drinking water. You're right. That's just wetting it. Wet. It's also, isn't that like a, that's like a welding thing too. Uh, actually. Uh, no? Sharpen the blade of a tool or weapon is to wet. Like a whetstone. Oh, the oh, whetstone. Yeah, 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 there you yeah, go, yeah, there you yeah. go. This is, according to merriamwebster.com, wet, W-H-E-T, your appetite is how that's spelled, whereas wet, your whistle, is W-E-T. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Wed is the welding thing that I was thinking of when you wed mm -hmm. two metals together. A wedding, and they, is when two and they, get they consummate their marriage, and yeah, there's and then sperm comes out of the metal. <laughs> <laughs> go to Patreon.com/slash Respawn Empire, and you can get a wallpaper of metals jizzing. Um, no, you can't. That's not going to be a wallpaper. Um, it is, but only for the people who pay an exorbitant amount of money on Patreon.com. Uh, in which case you will set up a private Zoom call with me. Patreon.com slash Respawning Fire is where you can go to normally vote on barf games, which are our backlog accomplishments with Respawn and Friends games. As we mentioned last week, uh, we're going to stick with the game of the year type poll for these. So we'll put up a couple polls here before the end of the month with which game of the year you would like each of us to play in order to make sure that it is in consideration for a game of the year. Um, and then we will make sure that we prioritize those and get up a review of them before the end of the year. Uh, Alex, you want to be, do you want to be part of that? Do you want to have a game of the year? Oh, yeah. game? 
Oh yeah, cool. for sure. There are still like a few games that I want to take care of before the end of the year. I might have some suggestions for this one actually. So, for sure. Okay. In that Pretty case, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do three separate polls on Patreon. One for each person, because mm-hmm. we might not all necessarily have to play the same game. Like, yeah. obviously, both of you guys have platinumed Horizon Forbidden West. I haven't even played it. I so. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. TV about that one. <laughs> so uh, yeah, send me send me your list of games that you your four games that you might want to put up for game of the year consideration, uh, and we'll put them up. We'll put up a poll this week. But you can also get dope wallpapers for your device there, um, and this will maybe this will be a thing now. This will be our like AMA type thing. We'll do that in lieu of having a proper barf uh, over the next couple of weeks. So maybe we'll do that once before the end of the year and continue it throughout the next year. So if you want to take part in all of that, go to Patreon.com/slash/respawnaimfire. Um, this month's barf game for October is Super Castlevania Four which we already did our episode for. It is up right now. Go check that out. It is better than Zelda 2. 66.6% of dentists <laughs> agree. Citation needed. Um. <laughs> this will be Alex's thing now. Like, you're just going to have to live with that forever. Even regardless, it's an opinion about a retro game. It doesn't actually matter in real life. This will be a thing that sticks with you until you die. Yep. I'll stick with it then. Right. I will <laughs> stick with it till I am in the grave. Careful. Don't bring that voodoo on yourself. You might be in the grave sooner than you think now. Fuck. Just look over your shoulder. Uh, thank you, Alex. Speaking of Alex dying, thank you, Alex, for being here <laughs> on our show <laughs> as our RAF regular. Uh, if folks want to continue to consume your content outside of this space, where can they go and how do they find you? You can find me over on Twitter uh, at Alex Cozina, and you can find me over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash CozyBearLive, K-O-Z-I-B-E-A-R-L-I-V-E. I'm continuing to make my way through my Pokemon Platinum Nuzlocke run, so go and check that out if you're interested. Love it. That's it for this episode of 281 of Respawn Aim Fire. We're going to take next week off in order to get spooky and just kidding most of us just aren't going to be here but yeah take a week enjoy yourselves go play marvel snap maybe um and we'll see you in two weeks until next time here's our usual sign off that epic horrible terrifying line from disney's tarzan just look over your shoulder i'll be there always (laughs) 